All right. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So, at long last, we are doing this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, uh, I think I'm ready. All right. So, I, I guess this is the first episode of the BS Car Guys podcast. Uh, I am Stan. And, and I'm Bill. Are. I'm Bill, so that, and, that makes me the B of the BS. I think that's probably the yep. preferred letter. Absolutely. Uh, I guess the, I guess we should first talk about why we are doing this and who we are. You want yeah, to go first or you want me to go first? I, you know, when when you uh, reached out to me and said we were going to do this, I, I immediately told my wife, uh, Kendra, who if you listen to the podcast, you're definitely going to hear us talk about our wives because, uh, A, they control most of our money and, uh, B, they control most All. of our lives. Um, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I, I told my wife, I said, I remember, uh, Stanley and I talking about doing a radio show back. This was long before there was internet podcasts and video podcast and vlogs and blogs and absolutely know. back when uh cars were just being able to play mp3s yeah that's, <laughs> that's right that was a brand new technology most people still had tape absolutely. cassette decks and cd players in their cars and we were like you know if only we had our own radio show to just talk about cars and and now we have our own radio show with at the moment zero listeners but if you're listening you might be number one Absolutely. And there is a bonus in being number one. It is called us thanking you yeah, a lot right. for being number one. Because uh, like Bill said, uh, our wives control our money. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah. The, like uh, Bill and I, we met, uh, I guess, what, 98? 90, 99, maybe? Into 90? Huh, it's hard to say. I want to say it was spring of 99. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, before the 2000s, before the Y2K hit. That's right. And uh, in the Marine Corps, you know, uh, we met and uh, I shared the art of skating. And for all you non-military people, skating is the art of convincing people you are doing things while you are not. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it, there's there's all the old tropes that are out there and jokes about um, skating or scamming and um you know, looking like you're busy or looking like you're angry. So people think you're busy. Uh, if you, if you can think of the the way that you like to do it, we've, we've done it. Uh, we, we've, Absolutely we've used every technique in the book. We, we may have wrote a chapter or two in the book. Um, Absolutely. In fact, at the time Stanley was teaching me how to do this, we, our job was to manage a library of books and add stuff to those books. So we literally were writing the book as we were doing it. Absolutely. We, we, we probably should. That, that is a good point. <laughs> we should, we, we could, we could write a book on skating. Do we, if we remembered it all, because I think right now, both of us don't really skate at work. So evidently that was a phase. Speak for yourself. But, <laughs> but yeah, we got together, uh, Two dudes that ended up being in the Marine Corps in, in Jacksonville, North Carolina at the same time. Both of us from the Carolinas. Him being North Carolina, I'm being South Carolina. North Carolinians always think they're better than South Carolinians, but, you know, they can believe that. We let them. Um, and we just so happened to figure out that we had a lot of stuff in common, and one of them was cars, even though we look absolutely nothing alike, and people did not get that at first. It's like, why are these two dudes hanging out together? That's exactly like right. We like to do a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> That's exactly right. You you probably, you know, not to, to venture off into an uncharted uh, race territory in a podcast about cars, but in case you can't notice from our inflections, not only are we from North Carolina and South Carolina, but uh, Stanley's an African-American man and, um, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm a white guy. I don't, they don't get much whiter. So yeah. um, we we, yeah, we routinely call uh, <laughs> cause some confusion. Absolutely. 
back then. And it was like, what y'all, what what do they used to call it? Dark green and light green Marines. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> and I I used to call him uh, William McCrawford of the Clan McCrawford. <laughs> Yep, and uh, Stanley's always gone by Stanley or Stan, uh, just because people are really uncomfortable saying Lasonly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to explain it too many times. I was like, Stan, it's easy to get. Eminem wrote a song about it. You can do it. You can figure it out. But yep. yeah. <laughs> nothing like a 1990s uh, Eminem reference to keep people focused on where we're Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Hey, how about we talk about yeah, some absolutely. cars five minutes into this yeah, car let's... podcast? Yeah, I mean, just the first one. I guess people expect the first one to kind of be a little uh, weird. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is it. this is where our train of thought's going to go. So, uh, if you can stick with us for this first six minutes of us going all over the place, then you'll be good with the rest of the podcast. Yeah, because I guarantee that won't be the last military reference. No, and the about the crazy stuff we used to get into. But uh, like Bill said, we're going to try to stay on schedule. We got to. A couple things that we're going to try to do which, uh, with, with each podcast. And uh, we're going to try to have a main topic, a, a car or cars that's current that people are talking about. And uh, we're going to have a segment called uh, What I Saw Last Week, uh, saw this week, which is essentially what, we, uh, what weird car or weird thing that surrounded cars that we saw this week while driving around being us. And then uh, we have another segment called uh, – favorite car of the week because we can never decide what our favorite car is. It is a long going, it's a 20 year joke or thing uh, that we got yeah. on there. Yep. And then one that we uh, kind of just came up is uh spin, uh spin my fake money where we're going to give each other a, uh, a price limit and we're going to try to solve our automotive needs with this price limit. And it's going to change over time, and we're probably going to do something, put some kind of crazy condition on it because that's what we do to each other. Yep, that's right. <laughs> but uh, for week one, we uh, picked the uh, Ford Bronco slash Bronco Sport because that's the new thing that everybody want to talk about. So, seeing how we're doing all the talking just now, uh, Bill, how do you feel about the Ford Bronco or the Bronco Sport? You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it uh, to – start with yet another reference back to the Marine Corps. You know, I can remember um, we, we had lockers um, in the room that we would meet in for formation. And the inside of my locker door was covered in uh, photographed copies that were made using taxpayer money on a government copier uh, from car magazines of uh, different cars that were, you know, like we said, maybe our favorite car of the week or whatever. And I can remember back in, uh, I guess it was 2002, uh, maybe fall of 2001, uh, Ford had a Ford Bronco concept. Um, they showed it at a couple of car shows, and and I was like, man, I hope they bring back the Bronco. That looks awesome. It was a silver two-door. In fact, that exact, you wouldn't think it was that old, but that exact um, concept car was in the movie Rampage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Do people still put the rock in there? I don't know. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, it was in that movie recently, um, and that was a concept car from 2001, 2002. So Ford's been playing around with the idea of bringing back the Bronco for a long time, and and um, I have been eagerly waiting to see what they were going to do with it and hoping that it didn't become a Chevy Blazer. And um, it didn't. Yeah. You know, they, they, they managed to bring it to market um, while retaining a lot of what – the enthusiast market wants and you know there's still a lot that's not known yet we still have another at least a couple weeks um, before they put all their options and pricing on their website to do like a building price Um, but you know they they had their release party their release video and crashed the internet and their site was unable to keep up with the demand so it was pretty cool yeah i just i just heard something recently where they had to double the uh the number of vehicles they were going to do on the uh, the the premiere. What do you call it? The premiere first first edition. first edition. Yep. The first they had to double that, and they gave people the option of uh, uh, if if you signed up for it initially, and because they're doubling it now, it won't be as rare, so you can cancel your thing. I was like, nobody's going to do that. No. <laughs> but no, uh, they, you know, there's there's been a lot. So 
as a uh, person who put down a deposit on a Bronco, um, I've been tracking it pretty heavily and trying to stay up to date on, on the news and the latest stuff that comes out. And, and there's a really good forum that, you know, provides that information that I'm on. And um, on top of allowing, you know, a doubling of their first edition Bronco to, you know, maybe try to appease some of those people who tried to get on and um, mm-hmm. reserve one and their website was down, you know, I, I tried to get on the night of the 13th and reserve mine and, and wasn't able to reserve it until 4 a.m. the following day on the 14th. I just happened to wake up because I used to be a milkman and so my bladder still thinks I'm a milkman. And so I was awake and I was like, let me see if I can get on this website. And, That's uh, all that. <laughs> so I was able to get on there. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I saw it and I was waiting. I was eagerly waiting for it to come back. I remember uh, watching Rampage. If you didn't see Rampage, absolutely <clears throat> nonsense, but it was fun nonsense. That's right. Therefore, you should. <laughs> uh, Rock, The Rock, if you know, if you want to give us a shout out, I'm just saying. Uh, probably not going to talk about your most horrible movie that you ever did. Oh, I forgot about Scorpion King. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I was waiting for the 13th and uh, it came about. And I was I was looking and I was like, man, this thing kind of looks kind of cool and everything. And it's like, eh, it kind of looks what I thought it was gonna look like. And then I saw the Bronco Sport, and I was like, why do I like the Bronco Sport better than the Bronco? And I said, and the best thing I can come up with is I was like, I am not gonna pay whatever the cost that Ford is gonna want for the for the Bronco. So <laughs> the Bronco Sport is probably gonna go uh gonna be more in my bag on line of things. And I'm not an off-roading go in the woods guy. It's just it's not my thing. I'm not going all up rock uh, like um, drive up trails and uh hiking and stuff like you do. So me and using the Bronco the way that I feel like the Bronco should be used that probably won't be my cup of tea. So the Bronco Sport, I kind of like better for some weird reason. And because uh, I, I, maybe it's just me being a, a father of four and having a grandkid now, Lord. And uh, <laughs> well, that, you know, I think that's the I think that's a lot of the um, genius behind releasing those two vehicles together. I mean, obviously, everybody knew that that's what was coming. You know, enough stuff had leaked and been teased and talked about, but um, you, that market, you know, is big enough that you're going to have people on both sides of it that, that want that namesake, but don't quite want or need the off-road ability, you know, and don't want to pay the premium for it, but they want yeah. a Bronco and they want something that's got modern styling, but, you know, pays homage to maybe something they grew up in or their grandfather had, or, you know, that they Absolutely. can connect to with a memory and it and it still looks a little bit like it, you know. That's that's the big thing. I mean, I made a joke about the Blazer, but let's be honest, most people aren't buying a new Blazer because they had a a '94 Blazer, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> they're they're no, buying a Blazer no, no, because no. that it's got a good rebate and their kids fit in the back. Absolutely, because I know we don't live in the same place, but I know driving around where I live. Uh, I see Wranglers and all these off-road vehicles and Land Rovers and Range Rovers and every now and then see a Hummer. And I was like, that thing hadn't gotten dirty since the last time I went camping. And the last time I went camping, I was a I was a young person in the Marine Corps. Right. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, like you said, I, I think that the Broncos, I, I personally believe this Broncos sport is going to be the thing that actually sells the most. But people are going to walk in there, uh, similar like Jeeps and stuff. They're going to walk in there, and they're going to want a Grand Cherokee, and they're going to leave with a Liberty or something. And because they, they figured out how much actually, they're going to walk in there looking at the Bronco, and then whatever that price is going to be, and it's like, you know what I can't do is that. But right. they got this other one over here. That I can do. Well, you know, that's but I got a question. That's a really interesting point because, you know, a, a few years ago, um, whatever that's been now, five, six years ago. Um, yeah, I guess it was six years ago in April. Um, we ordered a Jeep Renegade um, Trailhawk before they were on dealership lots. You know, I'd been following the production of those. And um, 
at the time we didn't have any kids. So it seemed like a really good uh, buy for us for just, you know, the two of us traveling around doing a little light off-road and camping out of it. Um, you know, good gas mileage, that kind of stuff. So it seemed like it was going to be a really good product. And um, when I went in to place the order and ordered very specific options, you know, uh, one thing I can give Jeep and Dodge some credit for is they have much more versatility in your options and how you can order options. Um, Ford mm-hmm. and Chevy and well, GM in general are both really connected to uh, package groupings. And so if you want one option and it comes in and take that whole group and um, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily that strict with Jeep and Dodge. So that's, that's a plus for those guys. But um, when I went in and selected those options and the guy's like, well, we're going to have some on the lot, you know, in a matter of a month, like, do, would you rather just wait and get one of our inventories that we have coming in? We've got, you know, this, this, and this slated to be coming in. And I said, no, I can wait the extra month and a half, you know, beyond that and, and get it the way I yeah, want it. And, and what he told me was, you know, their percentages of folks who come in to buy a car, um, it, to buy a new car, it was like something like 55 to 60% of shoppers who walk onto the lot to buy a specific car with a specific set of options leave mm-hmm. with a car with a different set of options. And then yeah, the percentage yeah. has dropped a little, but it, you know, it was like 40 to 45% of customers leave with a completely different model or make of car than what they came to buy. And and the reasons are all over the place. You know, there's budget, there's color and interior and options. And, but a lot of times it comes down to payment. Yeah. yeah. Those are the people who didn't go to the car dealership with their car friend or talk to their car friend before they went and got the pointers and didn't have somebody there. Hey, hey, remember, we're going to get this thing. Don't look at the shiny stuff to the left and right. We've got to stay focused. That's exactly right. I do have a question for you when you talk, talk about the options. Why do you think Ford didn't put a V8 in this thing? Or the uh, the follow-on question to that is, where is the EcoBoost V8? Because I think Ford should figure that out. <laughs> well, you know, that I mean, that's two really good questions. And I think, and this is just my opinion um, for whatever it's worth, which is probably little, but – you know, I think Ford didn't put a V8 in there because the time limit, you know, the expiration date on a V8 in an SUV um, is is visible at this point. I mean, we, we, you know, the writing is on the wall that V8s may stick around in performance cars, mm-hmm. uh, supercars, high-end cars for a while to come. You know, displacements will get smaller um, turbocharging and supercharging will become more of a thing or, you know, V8 hybrids connected to battery drivetrains. But for a brand new model release, like a full, like the Bronco, that, that vehicle, the way it looks and the options that are available is going to stay basically the same for probably a five to seven year run. You know, I think a lot of automakers are seeing shorter and shorter runs, but the car's got a lot of traction They'll probably get, they'll get five to seven years and then they'll do like a special edition Raptor, you know, Halo, something or another for a final year. But in five to seven years, Ford is probably projecting that there would not be a market at at all remaining for a V8. So why do all the legwork and expenses up front of, you know, uh, engineering a V8 into the vehicle when you may only get one to two years of sales numbers out of it that makes sense? Mm-hmm. You know, because more people are going to opt for a twin turbocharged V6 that has 400 foot pounds of torque. I mean, yeah. it, it it only it, it makes more money sense. Yeah, it doesn't make enthusiast sense. People grew up with V8s and Broncos and wanted to see Absolutely. a V8 Bronco. But uh, I mean, I don't discredit them for that. You know, am I disappointed? Sure, maybe a little, but I, I'm I'm less disappointed that you know they wouldn't make a bad decisions that hurt the product long-term. So, you know. Yeah. I I understand what you're saying, but if there was ever a vehicle that I saw in today's world that looks like it got a V8 in it, it is that thing. 
the is like man that thing yeah. got to have a monster under the hood <laughs> and also with the recent introduction of like the new F150 and everything i kind of figured that ford is kind of ford maybe missing the boat a little bit something a little bit not saying that this this is going to be an engine that they're going to use forever but just to make that thing a little more special you know i mean the ram has all its little its crazy little air suspensions and things and they got this big giant tablet in the center and i don't know what jim is doing we're going to get to them in a second <laughs> but i could almost see like uh what's a what's above a platinum like a tight a diamond level f-150 with a twin turbocharged like four liter v8 and that same motor being in the raptor and that's a very, very variation of that same more a motor being in the uh uh, did I say Raptor the first time? It, yeah. Being in the Bronco and the Raptor as the hey, this is the really, 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 really special one, and that gets people in the door as well. And then they realize that that thing's probably going to cost hundred thousand dollars, and then they come back down to the well, and, <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's a big part. I mean, look, we'll see what happens when Jeep puts their V8 on sale that they've been talking about for four years now. Yeah. You know, when when they have a V8 available in the in the wrangler and they're seeing sales numbers out of it then that may change ford's mind but my guess is they're not going to do that and and a lot of that too is probably based on you know the underpinnings of this thing being the same as the basically as the ranger yeah. and there, there may just not be the room inside there between the uh the strut towers to put a v8 i mean Again, why do the engineering work if it's something that's not going to be the largest percentage of your sales numbers? You know, I, again, I don't fault them. I think they could do it, but but I mean, I don't hold it against them. And as for doing a um, an EcoBoost V8, you know that that may be something that's not necessarily off the table. But there should be um, a the development on that's a little ways away. I mean, as somebody who at one point for my job, spent some time in secrets. a <laughs> <laughs> spent some time in an unnamed engine manufacturer that works with Ford uh, pretty exclusively, you know, and saw some EcoBoost engine development engines. Um, you know, I, I know they're always trying stuff, but um, I don't see a V8 EcoBoost coming anytime in the next couple yeah. of years. And like I said, it may be something that if uh, as technology changes, it may wind up being that they have a small displacement V8 uh, made into some sort of hybrid drivetrain, you know, once the model gets refreshed in seven to 10 years. But yeah. I think that's a ways off. But, well, so for listening, which you probably go who's. Hey, Bill, you still there? Yep. Yep. I'm still here. We're getting a yeah, little bit I, of storms kind of up weird. here. So, yeah, that my, might be part okay. of my connection with the storms that are coming through. But, no, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. A four-liter V8 with twin turbos and, you know, That'd, that'd be pretty awesome, but again, I, I don't think there's. I don't I'm think the market is high BMW there. figured out. Whew, let's not talk yeah. about BMW. I'm just saying yet. for BMW, you can do it. You can. <laughs> yeah, let's not get that. <laughs> uh, you brought up earlier. You said something about GM, and I got it down here. It's something to talk about. Uh, do you think GM slash Chevy slash GMC kind of missed the boat? With naming a blazer in the trailblazer, up there in the trailblazer, because uh, I kind of think that they could have kind of gave it what it would. They they should have given it a different name, knowing because they had to know that Ford was working on the Bronco. They knew Ford was working on the Bronco because right. we knew. I mean, Ford if you and I knew since two thousand and one <laughs> that they're working on a Bronco, then then everybody else knows yeah. that too. Um, yeah, I. 
it doesn't make any logical sense I mean, why they would have chosen the blazer name other than it being a cash grab. And, you know, it was it we need sales yeah. and we know that the Broncos coming, but people haven't seen it yet and they don't know. And we'll release this, you know, terrible looking thing and uh, call it a blazer. And it is, uh, it'll drive it, the yeah. name will help generate a little it's, bit of sales. Um, but we'll change it so quickly. And, you know, in three years, we'll rebadge it and repackage it and sell it as something else. And people, you know, Chevy, I've never been the biggest fan of Chevy in the world. Um, you know, and living in the South, you get these uh-huh. guys that are diehard. I only buy a Ford truck or I only buy a GMC truck or I only, you know, my, my disdain or Volkswagen's. Don't start swinging All yet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't ascribe to that so much. I mean, I, I do like a Ford truck, but currently, you know, if I was going to go to a dealership and buy a brand new truck right now, it wouldn't be a Ford. It'd be a Dodge uh, or a Ram. Sorry, since they just go by yeah. Ram now. But, um, yeah, that, that, was yeah dumb. It was. that was dumb as well. Yeah, that, that's another thing. That's another thing I can say about us. As much as we're from the South and everybody around us getting their little camps and stuff, we kind of liked what was cool all the time. Whatever we thought was cool, that's kind of what we went. And we didn't really have a camp. I remember you had the little Saturn, and we thought that was the hottest thing on the planet. And you drove it like it was the fastest thing on the planet. It was the hottest thing on the planet because the AC didn't work. It was always overheating. Uh, it was the hottest thing on the planet, but that's because I kept it wound up at about six and a half grand at all times. Um, yeah, you know, you did, uh, you found a ditch and a fence and stuff to, you know, go put it in and rebuild it, you know, stuff like that. But but yeah, man, I think they kind of, I think Chevy kind of missed the boat on that that name thing because they had to know. And I know as soon as they see these sales, these initial sales figures that Ford absolutely should publish and send them, send it, send a copy of those numbers to GM headquarters and say, hey, look what we Yeah, that's did. exactly right. <laughs> and, you know, what, what surprises me and, uh, is, so I, I mentioned earlier that being on this Bronco forum, you know, I, I put my reservation number into a database that they're they're keeping on their website. And it tells you, you know, kind of where you're at in the queue. And um, and then there's some other uh-huh. ancillary information they ask for to go along with it, like are you trading in a vehicle? Um, what state are you in? And you know what vehicle? If you are trading in a vehicle, what vehicle are you considering trading? And looking through that list, which as of today um, was sitting at about 1,822 uh, people, I think is where yeah 1,804 at the moment. <clears throat> Some of the trade-ins on there are really surprising to me. There's um, there's quite a few Jeep Wranglers, you know, which is to be expected. Um, mm-hmm. But but to yeah. me, there's just as many forerunners on that list, and there's just as many cars. Surprising, I've seen yeah. at least two or three dozen Teslas on the list. Now, that's a big shock yeah, to me, but, a, but I also consider that to be me. a bit of a – an outlier because odds are most of those people. And if you're one of those people that are on the list and you're listening to this, don't throw a rock at me if I'm calling you a name that you don't like, but I bet most of those people are just new technology people who bought a Tesla because it was a cool new thing and they've got the disposable income to do it. So now they're buying a Bronco because it's the cool new thing. And, and they got a disposable income to do it. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, Um, I don't know that if I, if I had a Tesla and I was driving it daily, that a Bronco would be the smartest thing to replace it with. Um, but no, Hey, that's I mean, you know, both of them at the same time. <laughs> you kind of even out on gas. Mileage yeah, probably. that's right. That's right. Um, but, but anyway, you know, so to me, looking through that list though, there's a, there's some surprises on there about what people are, but it, but it also tells me looking at when you see stuff on there, like, uh, you know, a 2004 Kia Sorento or something. And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, this is a person who's just been driving a car and not been really excited about anything automotive for a while, but this came along and they said, you know what, this is exciting. You know? So to me, it's, it's cool to see those numbers on there because that those people maybe didn't have a lot of passion or didn't care too much about their car and maybe saw it as a, 
Not that, not that if you're a Sorrento owner, you don't care about your car, you know, whatever, send your hate mail to us only Stanley at, but anyway, but back talking about the Sorrento though, I think back in the day that Sorrento was like a truck based ladder, uh, body on yeah. frame yeah. SUV. Yeah. So that person probably, you know, he probably took that thing off road, could have took that thing off road and then, knew that the Bronco was coming and has been waiting this long. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I see when I look at that too, you know, so it's interesting to see those stats and and what people are, you know, willing to part with or thinking about parting with, but um, it's not as heavy, you know, I think most automotive journalists would assume that it's going to be all Wranglers or all forerunners, you know, but to me, those aren't the, the bulk numbers on there. In fact, a lot of the people on there are, um, you know, not even trading anything. They're just buying this as a second or third vehicle as yeah. more of a fun vehicle. Um, yeah, I would imagine a, a few of those guys, the people on there, I can't just say guys because women buy as many cars as men. As a matter of fact, women probably make more car decisions on what they're going, uh, cars are being bought than men do because they control a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, but uh, you keep you said something about Jeep, and I'm not gonna sit here and try to compare the Wrangler to the to the Bronco because nobody has driven the Bronco yet of any note. But I will. There's a and I'm the question I'm getting to is something that you think is gonna be wrong on that, or something that you see now that is oh this is gonna bother me. And before you get the before you get to answering that question, I'll give you my thoughts on what I think Ford is gonna mess up on this. And the reason I say Ford is going to mess up on this is because this is a new vehicle and nothing can be perfect when it comes out. And Ford right. has had, had, a, had a recent history of showing you that they can show you a really fancy new Ford Explorer and Escape in Lincoln, whatever they call it today, and then kind of mess up the whole make it getting that vehicle to the market thing. And so the, the thing Ford is going to kind of mess up is costs. And it may not be Ford that does it, but it definitely is going to be the dealership because this thing is going to get marked up like crazy. Man, well, you I, know, I, that's <laughs> so. So here's the thing. So again, that's a great a great conversation because it is very common. And yep. and anytime we see a new vehicle that gets enough hype to shut down a website, you yep. know, y- you can't help but think, all right, this is a vehicle is going to cause a lot of headaches for dealerships, but they're also going to make a ton of money off of it. However, um, again, this, the, I'll give another plug for this forum of Bronco6g.com. You know, these guys are ahead of the curve and have already started setting up a database of um, which dealerships are going to have ADMs or, you know, are going to allow you to use your X-Plan pricing. If you're, you know, a Ford X-Plan member or, uh, any of those family type mm-hmm. discounts that the dealerships offer. And, you know, there's, there's a few on there that say, yes, they're going to have uh, ADMs, which is a additional dealer markup. If you don't know all your acronyms, we were in the Marine Corps. So we're going to use a lot of acronyms. So yeah. Uh, keep up. Uh, we said that's the only way we learn. Yeah. We, we eat crayons and use acronyms because we're <laughs> smart. Hey, some of those uh, crayons are delicious, but when, and also for the, for the one person that's listening, when we use an acronym that you absolutely don't understand, hit us up at uh, our email. We got uh, the BS Car Guys at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the email. We'll, we'll try to explain the acronym. Every acronym has, has multiple meanings. So something we say might mean something to you, may mean something completely different for us. Because our companies are even worse than the military. Because I swear they got 17 different acronyms that tell oh, yeah. you that all four wheels on a vehicle turn and none of them turn at the same rate. It's so, it's so dumb. But before yep. we get off on a rant, because we don't want to be on here for three hours, I got one final question for you about the Bronco. And this, this is probably going to be Bill explains the world. Why did you put your hard earned money down on a Bronco? What really made you pull the trigger? Because I really like that little Jeep that you had, and I know what's in your driveway right now. And I didn't necessarily believe, but you know who who said we got to need something before we want it or go buy. It? <laughs> so why did you put your money down on a Bronco, man? 
Well, you know, I think I started on that 30 minutes ago um, and then got lost. But um, I've always been a fan of the Bronco, the original Bronco. Um, seeing the kind of renaissance movement to build resto mod Broncos, you know, um, guys like um, Icon four-wheel drive and uh, TLC four-wheel drive, uh, same same company out in Chatsworth, California, you know, um, Jonathan Ward and, and the work that he does, um, you know, seeing companies like that. And there are a couple other, uh, there's, there's some guys down in Florida, um, you know, spending the money and effort on these vehicles to, to bring them up to modern uh, running mm-hmm. gear and modern electronics and the price tags that go along with them are just, they're astronomical, yeah. you know, but people are buying yeah. them. People are lined up to buy them. There's waiting lists to buy them and have them built. Um, you know, there's this, there's this movement in car culture um, currently for people to hearken back to those older cars and the way they've made you feel. Now the way yeah. they feel is different because the way they feel is terrible. But the way Absolutely. they make you feel is fantastic. Um, yeah, revisionist you know, history is real. <laughs> that's exactly right. And um, and you know, once as soon as I saw it final form in in the video and realized it was going to make it to market, looking the way I hoped it was going to look. Yeah. You know, I said, you know, that's they've got they've got a lot of it right. And then as more of the features were shown and introduced i said okay not only do they get the look right but they also listen to what people who actually enjoy driving off-road either aggressively or enthusiastically whatever you want to call it you know Uh they they listen to those people and and then kept those suggestions and made them happen you know and and to me that means that they're excited about their product as much as people are going to be excited about buying them. And I can get behind that. You know, I'm sure anytime you build a vehicle, there are huge concessions that must be made between engineering and marketing and lawyers. Mm -hmm. So to see the things that made it to market on that vehicle, uh, you know, to me is exciting. And it's been five or six years since I bought a new vehicle. Um, Mm -hmm. Itch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, got got the itch, and and um, you know, we, m- my wife and I had both been talking about the Bronco for a while. I'd been chewing her, you know, ear off talking about it more than she cared to hear. Every time a new little piece of information would come out, it's like, oh, guess what? I just learned about the Bronco, and and you know, I think they're going to do this, and it looks like they're going to do this, and you know, there's all the speculation that happens, and so uh, you know. At the end of the day, I put my money down and and I'll go through the process of ordering the thing and and who knows, uh, I may may decide not to buy it. But um, at yeah, the moment, it looks time. pretty likely, you know. And and seeing how how it's doing as far as orders filling up and where I'm at on the list and how many people are in front of me and how many people are behind me and you know, um, it, I don't think I have to worry about really losing the farm on it if I decided to sell it, but you know, yeah, a big yeah. seller for me can, moving forward is going to be the accessories and the yeah, option yeah. packages. Yeah. Um, oh, they're going to be gangs of accessories. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Seema, if you're an awful guy. Right. And you know, um, you, you mentioned something earlier. You said, you know, there's going to be some things that they don't get right. And, yeah. you know, I can already tell you, I mean, there's, I'm not going to say that there are order canceling concerns, but there are some things that I see in, in pictures and the stuff that's already coming out that, that I think, you know, mm, I need to circle back around to this and, and follow up on it in detail when I get to physically get my hands on a vehicle or look at a vehicle, you know, I've, yeah. I've got some tickets to an event in October where there's supposedly going to be a Bronco or two to look at. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a big, big one for me to be able to get that put hands on and, and visually inspect this thing and, and see how a couple of things work. Um, you know, so, so obviously we'll circle back around and talk about it some more as it gets closer. But um, again, for me, it was just, it was a childhood excitement. I grew up with, you know, loving four wheel drive stuff and um, I've always been an off-road fan. 
I like going fast too. So, you know, I'm all over the place with my car lusts, but, um, off-roading is, is one of those things I really enjoy doing. And even when we were in the Marine Corps, I was constantly looking for places to take Humvees and five tons. They weren't supposed to go. Um, absolutely. And absolutely. And routinely did that. So, yep. Yep. And absolutely didn't get caught doing nothing crazy, but, uh, <laughs> but speaking that, yeah, of right. around before, before we transition, uh, you said something about crawling around with me. Uh, I saw one video and I think it was Redline. Uh, Redline, uh, I can't, yeah, Redline Reviews. And they were in D.C. and they just had one at the port, at the, the in D.C. I could have just walked. Anyway, yep. it's going to be cool. I'm glad that you wore your wife down and uh, she uh, allowed you to spend this money so you can go scare the crap out of me when it actually, when it actually appears in the middle of some field somewhere doing something stupid, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we're going to make this quick transition to, uh, what I saw this week mm. before the, the, the brief description of what I saw this week. So Bill drives around a lot. I drive my normal routine, but we see things in cars, cars that you ain't seen in a long time. That kind of just jumps out. I did there on that one. So, uh, did you did you go first on the first topic? Well, anyway, I'll go first seeing how go I got ahead. mine written down because I, you know, I'm trying to be professional here. <laughs> I saw on the way home from work a Mitsubishi Diamante, the second generation one. And for those of you who don't remember, Mitsubishi built this car from like '95 to 2005, and it was absolutely the luxury car for cheap slash broke people. Because <laughs> it, right. it looked it looked way more expensive than it did at the time, and when you got in it, you were reminded quickly that this is a Mitsubishi, and we <laughs> and right. is a reason is a reason why that number is so small on that uh on that sticker, and uh one of the things I kept uh, I, I tend to do is when I see something uh, older car that I like, and this is going to be a theme that kind of repeats itself. I kind of figure out a modern day equivalent in my mind, and my equivalent, my modern day equivalent for the Mitsubishi Diamante, is the Kia Cadenza. And yes, I yep. absolutely would buy it. that car. Yep. Is way nicer than it needs to be. The the sticker price is way lower than the Lexus ES that it absolutely is as good as, but you can't get enough all the colors and stuff on it. I recommended it to a friend. I drove in today, and it was it's it is that car reincarnated. Right, it's, it's a luxury car for broke slash cheap people. Either way, I'm I've been so. <laughs> so, what did yeah, you see? I, this I totally week, I totally agree with that assessment. You know, I um that I think that Kia. And Hyundai both currently are really on top of their game. Absolutely. Um, for, for car makers car that, <laughs> yeah, for, for car companies that, you know, for years were known as like the cheap off brand, you yeah. know, today they're, they're a very valuable alternative um, and, and have price points that are still lower, even yep. though they, you know, offer some features that, that a lot of other brands, you know, struggle to offer it at almost yeah. double the price point in some instances. Yeah, that right there, that feature content, that's going to be a whole podcast because for the life of me, I can't understand why people figure out how to put safety features as standard in a car. <laughs> yeah, understand why you why my, why you got to spend seventy five thousand in a Mercedes to get uh, lane keep assist. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. Well, well yeah, like, so to me, uh, all right, so at the risk of we'll tease something that can come up later on, but, you know, you, you mentioned a safety feature being lane keep assist, but I think uh, that lane keep assist is the opposite of a safety feature. I think that it is a, an endangerment um, because I think it allows people to be more numb and more complacent. I think I agree if, with you. I think cars should have less safety i did air finger quotes less safety features and had more visceral raw like 
tactile feedback while you were operating them, people would be less distracted and more engaged in driving. Um, I, know, I to, agree with to you. To go back to an 80s Germany reference, you know, our early BMWs, you know, M3s didn't have cup holders because Germans yeah. thought if you had a cup in your hand, you, you weren't concentrating on driving. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure not 11 cup holders in it in 2020 but, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> but yeah man I, I agree with you man i mean we see if you're driving out here you see these people out here who absolutely are not paying attention and through your point there sometimes these features are absolutely saving lives because there are people absolutely not paying attention to what they're doing well, yeah, they are they are saving lives, but at the same time, they're they're enabling, you know, yeah. they're 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 helping perpetuate a cycle. You know, it's um, it, it, not to get too like heady and theological on the whole thing, but you know, it it's the idea of in the 1930s, people spent you know five hours a day keeping their house moving, doing laundry, dishes, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Today, people still spend five hours a day keeping their house moving. Despite all of the advances in technologies and Roomba robotic vacuums and dishwashers and ice makers and all the things that you think, oh, this is a big convenience and it makes my life, you still have to spend the same amount of time to do all those things. And And safety features in a car is kind of down that same vein of – you know, I put I put a TV in the back so my kids can watch TV when we go somewhere, but they grow up only ever watching TV every time we get in the car. So when they get old enough to get their license, they don't know how to get anywhere because they only ever watch TV. So they have to have Absolutely. navigation and they have to be completely dependent upon navigation because they never watch the roads. And it's, it's this like, yep. I don't know. I, I don't want to go all conspiracy theory on it, but, you know, I'll I, I drive a, a 1996 Land Cruiser Lexus. And, and, you know, I, when I'm driving it, I can't be playing on my phone or reading an email or doing anything else. It's got solid axles front and rear and it floats all over the road on 35 inch tires. And I, I have yeah. to be driving. I don't have uh, an opportunity to do anything else because it may be uh, wandering out of the lane or overheating or, you know, yeah. doing something, air conditioning, doing something quitting, working. Yeah, right. Doing old car stuff. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to be engaged and paying attention and, and doing what you're doing. But if I get in my my work car and I'm driving around in my Audi and I got my cruise control sit, set with the, you know, uh, tracking the car in front of me, I don't even have to yeah. worry about if I'm touching the gas or the brake. It's, you know, yeah. and then what do I do? Well, I look over to my phone to see if I need to check anything. And I shouldn't yeah. do that, but it makes it easy for me to do that. So I do it. Absolutely. So what did you see this week? <laughs> so get you back on topic. <laughs> that's right. All right. So so here's what I'm gonna do because because uh, during COVID I have traveled a lot less and I've worked from home a lot more. So yep. what what I saw this week is I'm gonna throw out something um, that I saw on the internet um, because I like to look at uh, car listings and things on the internet and. Uh, one of my many automotive passions is small, odd Japanese cars. So I have a few uh, websites I like to look at. But what I saw this week is that it, there are starting to be more and more first generation uh, Mitsubishi Lancer Evos. So it's interesting that both of our old cars this week are Mitsubishis. Um, <laughs> mine no, is first generation Evos. No, we did not. Um, but first generation Evos to me are a really cool old car. And if I had the disposable income to get my hands on one, I would totally have it because it, um, you know, to me being a big rally fan growing up yeah. you know, around the time yeah. I got my driver's license and blasting my Saturn up and down dirt roads in the Croatan yeah. national forest, um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I I enjoy rally and um, those cars are a bygone era where the cars are again, very analog and yeah. you're very connected to all of the mechanical motion of the vehicle. Um, so you're engaged at all times. And I think it's super exciting that those vehicles we didn't get a chance to own when we were 16, you know, 
18, 20 years old that we wanted, but weren't imported into the U S are finally coming around and, and are able to be purchased now. And yeah, they're yeah. a little older and a little worn out, but um, they're still special. So yeah. it's cool yeah. to see those. And that's funny. You say that, uh, you know, we didn't get to own, to own them and, you know, we were, they weren't available to us. And the first time a lot of people really figured out what those was, was with the Gran Turismo games and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But, but I was a little different because, you know, the Marine Corps took me to Japan first. So I had the opportunity to own all the things. And, but I absolutely did not know what they were. So I didn't, but That's, I did have a skyline. So I'm, I'm so glad that you found an opportunity this week to remind me that you owned a skyline and yeah, lived well, in Japan. Don't worry, I so appreciate again. that, Stanley. Oh, a matter of fact, when I went there the second time, I had a different, another skyline. Yeah, you know, just saying. <laughs> They yeah, weren't yeah, GTRs yeah. or nothing, but they were Skylines, and you never drove one. And that's the hey, only that's, thing that I got on you. <laughs> exactly, no, you got plenty on me, but that one's pretty painful, so I would definitely hang on to it. So seeing how we can't figure out what our favorite car is, what is your favorite car for this week? <laughs> what car uh, is your favorite car this week? My favorite car this week, uh, after I just went on a – 20 minute tirade rant about old cars and how much better they are. My favorite car this week um, is the Mustang Mach E. Wow. Yeah. Did that throw I'm you for still a loop not or sure. what? Yeah, because I'm still not sure if I like the fact that Mustang is the name of that thing. But and well, it makes, I didn't say I like the name of it, but, <laughs> but I like the car. Yeah. Yeah, you just telling me about a video, a video before you got on about that. I need to watch it. And I absolutely will watch as soon as we're done with this. But that was a shocker. But well, before so- I let you rant for three hours about that, I'll tell you what my favorite car is because we're coming up on 51 minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> and we, we said we were going to stay under an hour. So yep. my favorite car this week is the – Genesis G70, Ooh, not yeah. the one with the three point um, three turbo, but the one with the two liter turbo really? sport with a manual. Okay. So why is the Mustang Mach E your favorite car this week? The Mustang Mach E is my favorite car this week. A because they released that video with the Mach E fourteen hundred built by Von Gittin Jr. and the team at RTR, and the thing's a beast. Um, and it shows the potential of electric cars and, and yep. in motorsports specifically, you know, as somebody who is a motorsports fan, it's, it's, it's good to know that, that people are embracing that technology and making efforts to find ways to be, um, you know, uh, enthusiastic with it. And, yeah. um, but, but for, for all of that aside, the Mach-E to me, um, for what it's capable of, it's a tremendous value. I mean, it, it, it is really close to putting down, um, Porsche. What is it? The Taycan, um, electric look, car. Look, it's really close to names. putting down those kind of, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. It's getting Porsche. close to, that's, that's gotta be like some fancy name for like a, a drainage ditch in the 1400s yeah. or something. But, it's the um, name of a horse from 1440. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, but, but anyway, it puts down some, you know, really good performance numbers, some good, um, range numbers. You know, if you like the California route one version of it is, is like a 300 mile range, um, you know, in a, basically a crossover SUV and yeah. at a fraction of the price of the nearest competitor, to me, the closest competitor is the Audi e-tron. Um, but you're talking, you know, 20 to $25,000 more. Yeah, right. Yep. That's right. Got them rings. And I like it. the e-tron. I like the e-tron, but but to me, the the Mach One checks those boxes at a fraction of the price, and that makes it a pretty cool deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I think that is its close competitor, closest competitor. I think a lot of people are going to compare it to the Model X, which I really don't think is a good comparison. And not no. because the Model X is better, because I think the Model X is trash. I'm sorry, people. I think that's the worst car that Tesla built. <laughs> I tend to agree. I think, yeah, the, the Mustang is going to be better than that all day long. And people are going to figure out that you don't got to spend $100,000 to do that. So, 
Yep, that's my exactly right. Uh, yeah, my favorite car this week was uh, the G70 2.0 Turbo. And so tell me, why, is, the, why the 2.0 Turbo? So the reason is, um, I don't know if you remember this. I I don't know if you knew this, Bill, but, you know, I like BMW 3 Series. What? Uh, uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, so... <laughs> So I remember having a BMW 318i when I first got back from Japan in the early in the mid nineties, and it was a five speed. It was just a 318. I remember, and it that was four door. Yeah, you know, it wasn't nothing crazy fast or stupid like that. But man, I loved that car, and I've always been a fan of sporty sport sedans or something like that. It don't got to be the fastest thing, but you know. Like you were saying, something that I got a connection to, and with the uh, with the two liter turbo, you can get the manual. And I haven't wow. had a manual car in a while, and I really kind of want one. And I don't really need it to be that four second fast because that sounds like tickets to me. <laughs> right, right. Because if it can do zero to sixty in four seconds, then I'm gonna have to do zero to sixty in four seconds, and that don't sound like it's gonna work with my bank account. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, man, and, and and realistically, I can see myself buying that car in the future because it isn't that big. I don't need to complain about the back seat being kind of cramped. Uh, I say if you want a car that doesn't have a back back seat that's cramped, go buy a G eighty. <laughs> right. But uh, for for somebody like me, that car kind of fits my lifestyle. I'm going to and from work. I got a I got a little drive, and every now and then I like to turn a corner a little faster than I'm probably supposed to. So, and I think that car could, could do it for me. No, I, I like going, it. I think they're great yeah. looking cars. And I mean, again, Absolutely. for the money, I think they're a tremendous value. Absolutely. And by the time I get to go buy one, I'm definitely buying a used one because why buy a new car at new car prices when you can buy a slightly used one for way less? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it'd probably be a CPO. And it, it's going to be down in price, and I'm I'm gonna love every bit of it. But uh, now that we talk about our favorite cars this week, before we close out today, right at the hour mark, because we're going to achieve this thing. Um, our next segment isn't really. We're not going to talk about it that much this week. We're going to. It's an introduction to it, and the way this is going to work is we're going to issue us ourselves a fake check, and we're going to have to solve our family's our daily car needs with that amount of money. And we're going to give each other the uh, conditions at the end of a podcast. And we'll talk about it at the beginning of the next podcast. Yep. So, and we call this uh spend my fake money because everybody got fake money. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and our number, our number this week is going to be $60,000. And we were talking about this, how we got to this number a little bit. It's like, uh, we thought about going a little higher, but yeah, we got time to do that. And we talked about going a little lower, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to trip ourselves up a little bit uh, too much. But we figured that with sixty k, an average family could uh, a family similar to ours, we can get vehicles that uh, a vehicle or multiple vehicles that would fit our lifestyles. But yes. that is our limit, sixty k. So that's right, deal. and and it and it has to check all you you know. You have to give some good logical. Um, reasoning behind your choice you know if you use that 60 grand all in to purchase uh, a three-year-old f-150 then you better not be like oh but my wife's got to be able to still get to work so you know it's it it, it's got to have some logic behind it it may not all make sense because i guarantee it won't but it's got to have a little bit of logic to it yeah, and uh, you can't make. We're not gonna make up no car prices. We actually have to have a source. To see, how, uh, we got to prove that this thing is gonna work. So yeah. I need receipts for your fake money that you spent, sir. Okay. <laughs> and, I, uh, I will be. I'll be able to uh, cite my sources of where I found these vehicles for those prices. And you saw right there, if you're listening to us, how he slowed down right there. Cite his sources, that's because the Carolina in us makes us absolutely want to say something different. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear me slow down from time to time on certain words and take my time with them so that I don't mispronounce them. And occasionally you may hear 
me slow down and take my time to explain what you just heard Stanley say. Yes, because sometimes I get excited and you can't understand what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, I do. This was fun. This is our first one. We've been talking about this for 20 daggone years. And it's been a... Uh, we did we did it if we don't do we anymore did we did one we did it and uh brother i love you and we'll talk next time absolutely love you too buddy all right all right, all right man. out